You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. everybody and welcome to episode 101 triple digits and one benny what up no the weather's getting nice now i don't know how it is up in you and the boondocks up there in massachusetts but uh everybody's starting to break out of their winter shell it's kind of nice walking around new york city and seeing everybody kind of out and about and let loose a little bit so uh how are things up by you it's been a beautiful past I'd say five days here in mass. So yeah, hopefully we finally officially pushed out of that winter curse and onto the springtime. I will say it's much nicer to walk your dog when it's not 22 degrees and windy. <laughs> oh, well, I was going to say the, uh, the motivation is a lot different too. You're like, all right, come on, bud, let's go for a walk. It's not yeah, that we can bad. take a longer walk instead of walking just around a block. It's like, Hey, you want to go to that park? That's like a quarter mile uh three quarters of a mile away <laughs> yeah it, it's not bad i mean joey loves it he's out and about the kids have been in the yard the the past four days so they're rocking and rolling on all cylinders so it, it's been good it's it's nice does joey know not to leave the backyard no no joey is he has a very big head but a very little brain um <laughs> he's a very good boy and i mean i would have to scream at him for him to understand it so Yes, we are currently cleaning up the yard as we speak to put in a fence so then the the big fella can just run around and, and have himself a day out there. Yeah, that's a nice yard for him. Yeah, I mean, there there's plenty of running room, legit. But yeah, so I feel like this is the time of year where it's like, all right, we're starting to get uh, closer to the playoffs. You know, spring's right around the corner, like real, real spring. Uh Daylight savings times pass. Baseball is about ready to kick back up regular season. So you start getting that itch as hockey fans and ho- uh, hockey players are like, all right, it's starting to get down to it here. I was going to say, and speaking of getting that itch, we have a little uh, trade deadline proposals and things going on later on in the show. Yeah, we're going to go over, I guess, kind of our own top five or so at each position that we think is either available or might be traded where they might end up uh teams that are on a bubble they should go for it if they're going to be selling sam pat and then of course rangers bruins what uh our team should be doing at the deadline and we're doing it now it's a little early just because of the whole quarantine thing i feel like if we waited until a week or two before the deadline we might have missed some trades and kind of lost some steam in terms of going through a full prediction show oh we would definitely be late especially with canada not yeah uh they did not reduce the quarantine even if you were vaccinated or not it is still a 14-day quarantine so i have a feeling that if canadian teams are going to be making moves with american teams this week is probably the week yeah and on the ranger side of it uh, one of their top prospects, uh, Vitaly Krausov, came over from Russia, and he only had a quarantine seven days, and he's already practicing with the team. Well, good thing he went to New York and not Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> so before we get into that, a uh, little bit of news that came out today. We touched on this a couple weeks ago because uh, there were rumblings that this might occur, but the NHL's Board of Governors has approved changes to the draft lottery. Uh, this starts taking place for the 2021 draft lottery. So basically, it reduces the number of picks involved in a lottery from three to two. Uh, So now the worst team in the league, the lowest they can draft is third instead of fourth. Um, Restricting how many spots a team can jump up with a lottery win, now it's only 10 spots. So I know the odds are low, but the 16 team can't win a lottery. And now you can't win a lottery more than twice in a five-year period. I'm okay. The Edmonton Oilers yeah. rule is what I'm going to call it. Uh, and I'm okay with that because, uh, listen, the NHL lottery 
uh, along with all the lotteries for that matter, is you are always guaranteed a good pick or a good player. The problem is there's not always a generational player to go at number one. There's not always a Crosby. There's not always a McDavid. And that is something that alters your franchise forever. You can draft really good players like you guys got this year in Lafreniere. But at the same time, it's like, is he a McDavid status instantly? No. So, I mean, does he help your franchise? Yes. Does he give you a completely different outlook? No. So I feel like this, it it all depends on the year and the lightning in the bottle thing. But I must say, I am very happy that they have implemented the Edmonton Oilers rule because it was kind of fucking ridiculous. How many first overall picks did they have? Four? Like four in a seven-year period. I think it was four. And they still sucked. (laughs) Sucked. And I mean, it... I, I, I feel for you, man. Like, those are some rough times. And do you think the other part of it, too, is anytime Edmonton drafted, and of course they always win a Canadian kid, like Nugent Hopkins... And they always put these kids on a higher pedestal and all this pressure. And then they come in and it's like, guys, like, we're still a shitty team. Yeah. Like, we're I mean, still not that good. You go back to 2012 with Yakupov where everybody, th- I don't think no anybody expected him to be Ovechkin level, but they expected him to be like to still on be in the Kobo league right now. Tier, uh, tier. <laughs> And even looking back now, you're like, oh, Edmonton going for another flashy forward, not looking for help on a back end. You kind of look at the 2012 draft. Who would you, back then, who would you take over him and his potential? Like, you look, Griffin Reinhardt went four. I mean, Morgan Riley is a top pair guy, but is he really the first overall pick? Like, there's a handful of, like, solid to above average guys in that draft. So, like you said, it was one of those years of there wasn't really a super can't miss guys so you take the most talented and sometimes it doesn't work out like your boys in ottawa with uh alexander dig oh yeah that alexander dig what a bust uh. <laughs> one one ep- from now on once an episode i'm taking a shot at the Suns for you <laughs> well i i appreciate that i know that uh the Suns still love you if that makes you feel any better <laughs> but um no i i'm just hoping that it all in all the lottery will now be there to do exactly what it's meant to do. And it is meant for the worst teams to get good draft picks and become better. That's what it's meant to do. It's not meant for, you know, the 16th team to jump up to the number one. And, you know, for a team who just missed the playoffs to now become that much better, be able to make a jump. I'm just hoping more parity in the league, not as many times you see the same teams in the lottery. I mean, your boys Detroit are looking good, pal. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I but. mean, the, for me, the other benefit is if you're the worst team in a league because you're the worst team in a league, a.k.a. Detroit, you should have the best chance of winning the lottery. But you shouldn't be incentivized to continue trying to win the lottery, which I think is the biggest takeaway from this for me because, yeah, Detroit can win the lottery here this year, and then they win it next year. But then... Now in that third year, whatever, after winning twice, they know they can't win the first overall pick. So that might incentivize them to go, well, why tank? We're not going to get the first overall one. Let's start making some moves here to try and build back up to a playoff contender. So it's kind of, you get your help, your prospect help with the lottery, and then it's kind of like, all right, let's start turning around here. So instead of five to seven year rebuilds, or decade-long rebuilds like in Buffalo. It's, all right, you got like a three- to five-year window. Let's start turning things around here. I mean, maybe Stevie Y just took over at the right time. <laughs> um, I'm still surprised he cut Blash Hill, but that's another conversation. <laughs> you love Blash Hill. Yeah. No, nobody's going to be there in uh, a y- anywhere from six months to a year and a half from now. David Quinn. Oh, taking over with the young guns again. All right. Yep. All right. But speaking of your sense, so last night was a little bit of a cluster against Calgary. Um, you want to give some context on that? Just because 
like it's always Kachuk is somehow involved, even if it doesn't concern him. And then there's words back and forth about what was actually the situation and who do you believe. So, well, there was almost some Kachuk on Kachuk crime at the end of the yeah. game there. <laughs> but um, yes, last night Edmonton ends. I'm sorry, Edmonton. Ottawa ends up playing Calgary, and with that, Calgary came back into the game late in the third period. They end up losing the game right after that pretty quickly with Rasmus Anderson making a turnover in his own end, and he ends up uh, costing his team, as you would say. Now, what ended up happening was that at the end of the game, Rasmus Anderson ends up taking the puck and trying to walk off the ice. And this was Philip Gustafson's first NHL win, and the Sens wanted his puck. So Brady Kachuk tries chasing down Anderson, kind of telling him what was happening. Anderson has some words for him. Noah Hannafin comes over, has some words. Anderson finally ends up throwing the puck. And then Maddie Kachuk decides he's going to come over after that, and then he's going to shoot the puck down the end of the ice. Brady's kind of going crazy. Uh, They come out afterwards, and Rasmus Anderson said, as soon as I realized it looked like I stole the puck, yeah, I felt bad, obviously. They should have those pucks. I was just pissed off the way we lost the game. I messed up, own up to it, but it was not intentional at all. In fairness to him, I don't think the other team knows if it's another goalie's first game or not, first win or not, or any of that. So I don't blame him. I don't know why he's taking a regulation puck for trying to be a Chris Pronger. Like, I'm not too sure about that. But do you think the North Division is just starting to get a little bit nasty? Yeah, it just seems like once a night, uh, I mean, you saw Kachuko with Justin Hall the other night after that hit. It's more and more as the season's progressed. I feel like, let me reset here. The Canadian Division has more of the grinded out, agitating types in that division, I feel like. And it's starting to show, like you said. And especially when you have uh, Calgary's struggling team trying to turn around and get to the playoffs. They just lost their coach. They're playing for Sutter. I think they're going to be one of the most annoying and tough teams to play against, even if they end up not missing the playoffs for everybody else in their division. But for me, it's, of course, if Anderson didn't know what was going on and it was an accident and he's skating off the ice and he hears Kachuk yapping at him, he's not even going to pay attention to what he's saying. He's just going to turn around and go, shut the fuck up. Everybody else is going to get involved. So Kachuk's the last guy. That should be heading over there as a spokesperson of like the, please, sir, can I have the puck? Because no one's going to give a fuck about what he's saying. Brady comes in peace, man. <laughs> Brady, yeah. And then Anderson threw the puck kind of towards the corner from the far corner. And then Brady just comes over and finally just swats it down the ice. <laughs> I just think that how interesting would it have been if Anderson throws the puck and then Instead of Matt shooting it down the ice, he picks it up and he tries walking off with it. And then we have a Kachuk on Kachuk brawl just right there over the puck. I think that would be awesome. You want to see people talking and watching hockey? There it is, pal. Well, two things about that. One, Keith would probably come down and just grab both of them by the ears and drag them off the rink. And then two, the last time I had brother and brother crime, it didn't end up too well for Mark Stoll, that concussion after Eric laid him out. That's true, too, but... uh. They do say, in fairness, that, you know, Matt is a pest, but they say Brady's crazy and he's tough as nails. Like, Brady even said, he's like, I'd kick the shit out of my brother. So, (laughs) I I think, you know, he would go to the top of people's, like, love chart if he ended up doing it. (laughs) And then, plus, Brady actually drops the gloves. Like, yeah, he's also an agitating type, but I feel like he just drops them more often than Matt does. But my one issue with both of them, and this is an aesthetic thing, it's like a pet peeve. Whenever they're in a scrum, whenever they're in a fight, whenever they just have done a dirty play, just chewing on the mouth guard. I knew it was like, going to be the mouth, mouth guard. I knew I it. fucking hate that shit. And every highlight, they're just chewing on it and yapping. I'm just like, can someone just grab the mouth guard and just pound them in the face with that shit? It's so aggravating. I don't know why it's such a pet peeve, but it is. I think someone actually grabbed Matt's last year. They t- grabbed it out of his <laughs> mouth and threw it. Like, if somebody was just yapping at me with the mouth guard out, like, that would just be bullseye. 
<laughs> well, speaking of bullseye, hopefully we throw some uh, darts at the board and we can predict where some people are going. Yeah, so... I just want to say, fuck, man, I've been killing it with these transitions, but that's besides the <laughs> point. Um, yeah, so this is a rough list of just names that either are heavily rumored or ready to be going or names that I think might end up going in the right deal and where they I think that if if they are traded not saying they will be but if they are traded where they might end up and I have a broken down center wing D in and goal goaltending is likely not going to be too many deals uh, in the crease just because it never happens at the trade deadline there might be some depth pieces moving around or back up here or there but nothing too crazy um, I could run through my center spot. Then you can run through yours. You want me to run through all mine? It's just the team predictions, and then you can run through yours. Which one do you want to go with? Uh, go. We'll go by position. I I want to see where you have people ending up. I'm just kind of winging as to who I think's gone, but okay. as to where they end up, I think that's going to be interesting. All right, I'm going to start just like the New York Rangers of the last 25 years. I'm going to start from the goal out um the first one who i think could be on the move jonathan quick um i think especially with the season that david's having i have him going to edmonton for prospecting a pick whatever and uh, la eats some salary uh to lower that cap hit so i have quick going to edmonton i don't have columbus trading any of their two young goaltenders i don't have bernier going anywhere i have my first thought was Pecorine, but then they came out like, we're not moving him. But I, I don't know if that's a negotiating ploy. But if he is on a block, I have him going to the Caps. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely need the help. And then the last one is I have our boy from the desert, Desert Darcy, going to Philly. Wow, interesting. And know who I had going to Philly as a backup? Devin Dubnik. Mm-hmm. I just think that I know we give Dubes a lot of shit here. He's still an okay goalie. I know he's in San Jose and he's in a fucking nightmare situation. I think he's better than Marty Jones. I, I think that too. I agree with that. And I mean, he, he's UFA. He has a very easy contract to move. So, so I do think there will be some interest there. And I think San Jose is going to try to retool as best as they can. So, I think we'll take anything. We're going to have a line brawl. Dubnik's not a bad guy to have in that. You know, a little chuck him. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Do you have any other goaltenders heading out, or is that kind of like the cream of the crop for you? Uh, See, like, the only one, I I know you said you didn't think Bernier would leave. I think if Bernier goes anywhere, I have him going back to Toronto. I think they just Mm -hmm. need, with Freddie Anderson being down, Campbell's kind of been up and down. I don't think Bernier's your guy, but at the same time, They've kind of been skidding big time. So is I he think, healthy? I saw that injury that he had. See, that I don't know because, like, he was healthy, then he wasn't, and then when he came back, he was kind of shit, and I think they kind of put him on IR a little bit back and forth, so I'm not actually too sure as to what the whole prognosis is with him. Listen, if Bernie is on a block in Detroit, I mean, he's the only goaltender that's been able to win for them like the last three years. But if they do move on for him, I think that's nicer for Colorado, too. Yeah, I, I, I do think Colorado will try to add a goalie. I just don't know who it's going to be. Well, they added that kid from Buffalo, and fuck, I guess. He's the worst. <laughs> yeah, th- that was by far the best thing I've ever seen. I've never seen a reporter say that a goalie is equal opportunity bad, where not only does he not stop the pucks in practice, but he doesn't stop them in a game. So that was hats off <laughs> to that reporter. That's a guy, so you know like for him to speak out like that when he sells the cover to team and everything the team doesn't care what he said either like the players on the team i think he's just mad that that goalie had the smartest output i'm gonna be the worst guy here so they get the fuck rid of me so i get out of this place (laughs) well it's like uh you know you fuck up folding a laundry or something like that because then or you do it too slow and that way you're not asked to do it ever again hey use your head pal (laughs) um so moving up to the back end on defense uh i try i wanted to keep it to five my initial list had like nine or ten, uh, but the obvious one, Matthias Ekholm. Uh, so here's my top five: Matthias Ekholm, David Savard, uh, Shane Gostebert, Alex Goligoski, and of course, obligatory, just Tony D'Angelo. He's on a t- trade block if anybody wants him. Um, my predictions: 
I have Savard going to Winnipeg. I actually I thought have, that too. Okay. I have Ekholm going to St. Louis. You think they're going to be that deep at D? They're battling some injuries. Like they're like I don't know. I think Colorado isn't having a type of year that everybody thought they would have. They're still having a good year, but not the great year everybody thought. They have that weakness in goal. I think St. Louis is like they see the landscape of their own division kind of shifting, and like this might be it. Like yeah. so, let's make a go of it. And he's not going to damage their cap too much. So I just um, think that if St. Louis gets them, especially because he has one more year left next year, just on the books, they would have Justin Falk, Tory Krug, Scandella, Vince Dunn, who goes to RFA. I have no. I have. So in my head, I had done going as part of the deal. Oh, okay. So at least they'd be swapping that out. All right. Yeah. That's fair. Um, and then my last one, Goligoski in Boston. See, I honestly, uh, I know that it's like fake money this year in the sense of like you just have your cap and all your space and all that shit. I just don't know why people want Goligoski. Like, I, I'm not buying into the hype with him. I know he's going UFA after, but like. I don't think he's that good. and But that's why he's the perfect Sweeney addition. He's not the biggest <laughs> That's he's true. He's not the most. <laughs> but, but you know what? There's no term on his deal, so he would There's not no be a Sweeney addition. Deal. We'll he, probably get him for a second-round pick, and then he can say, he, well, you know, he's an improvement on the, in the top six over a guy like John Moore or whatever, and he's good veteran presence to have on a deep playoff run because you can never have too many. That's a oh that's the press conference God. right there. I just ugh. keep keep Alex Goligoski the fuck away from me. Um, <laughs> I have one, one more. All right, Shane Gostaber in Philly. This is part. This is a two parter here that I'll get into later. I have him going to Calgary. Ooh, okay. I, I think. He, I mean, he's young. I think he could fit in with Calgary. Yeah. So, well, she got him for the D. Uh, so I had one other guy. I had Brandon Montour. Mm. I don't know where he's going to go just because I just don't know the return that Buffalo is going to want for him. So, so that's like the one thing I'm kind of stuck on. I just, I wonder if Carolina goes for him. He's still a younger guy. He would definitely add them a lot of depth if anyone goes down. I, I know Carolina's been buzzing, but I think it's just one of those guys of the I don't boys think are buzzing. He, he he doesn't hurt you going into that lineup. So yeah. I, I know Don Waddell, he he likes to make moves. He would come off the end there. I, I think that would be a good place for him. Yeah, and the other guy that I had on my list that just didn't make the cut was Manson and Anaheim. See, like I like Josh Manson, and, and I do think that he would give them a return. Like, he's he's a tough-as-nails player. You know where he might go? To somewhere he fits the mold? That's a Calgary boy right there. You want a boy that can <laughs> fucking that can chuck him and do his thing? Like, Josh Manson's your guy up north. If That's the other thing. If Edmonton's not going to be making a move for a goaltender, they got to load up on a back end. Yeah, they have to get better. Um, do you have anything else on defense or any wild cards there? Or can or are we moving up to the forward groups? No, we can move up top. All right, so I'm going to start out on the wing, ending it at center, you know, the second most important position on the team, strength down the middle. But on the wing, the obvious one, Taylor Hall, uh, Victor Arvidsson, Kyle Palmieri, Sam Reinhart, and the last one is the wild card that I'll leave for last. I have Taylor Hall. It's popular. I have him going to Edmonton. They're going to take a flyer on him. It's going to be a nice PR story, and he's going to line up next to Nugent Hopkins, and we'll see what happens. He's likely going to do jack shit or get hurt, like he's been doing the last couple of years. What a fall from the MVP to this! It's like basically going to get dealt like a fourth round pick. The fall from grace. Um, I have Palmieri going to Washington. I think he's a good Caps type of guy, and like the he's more talented, but like the Joel Ward, like second, third line guy who grinds out some good goals for you in the playoffs. I will say this too. I think Kyle Palmieri does get dealt, but I think next year or the offseason he signs back in Jersey. Probably. I, I think he just likes it there. He's a good fit there. Trade me at the deadline. I'll come back. Yep. I have Sam Reinhardt going to Minnesota. Oh, that would give them a lot of depth. All right. 
Victor Arvidsson going to the Islanders. That's a good fit for Arvey, actually. He plays that fucking going game. back the other way. Okay. Wow, Bolivier, really? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the last one, this is part of the two-parter with Gosh Bear, but Johnny Gaudreau going to the Flyers. So Johnny Johnny G's going back home? Johnny yep. Hockey? Okay. Um, one person you didn't touch on up front was Tanner Pearson. Oh, yeah. I know you want him in, in Bean Town. I, I do, and I think it's going to be a swap for DeBrusque. Just straight up one for one? Like, I think one oh, for one. Oof. I mean, ju- just looking at the cards, right? Is he a pending? He's, he's a pending UFA. UFA right? We only have one year with Jake tied in. Gotcha. Okay, so Tanner's 28, Jake's 24. So in 32 games this year, six goals, 11 points. The Brusque in 24 games, uh, I lied, I lied. In 20 games, two goals, six points. Uh, Pearson's 3.75. DeBrusque is 3.68. I honestly don't know if Sweeney would ever pull the trigger on this just because Jake is one of those back-to-back-to-back picks. Yeah. But I I think this kid needs a new face and a new place. He's just... I think he just needs to get out of town. And I've been seeing people comparing DeBrusque to Palmieri and saying Palmieri's just more talented. Uh, I would definitely say Palmieri's more talented. I, I think Palmieri, or too. just gives you more. He, I think he gives saying, you yeah. more, and I think the other part of it, too, is when Palmieri's not scoring goals, he's doing the other things that, you know, yeah. contributes. And that's the problem with Jake is when he's not scoring, he's not doing anything. And one other one, too, Bobby Ryan. If uh, Taylor Hall doesn't end up in Edmonton, Bobby Ryan will. I would be, dude, if I don't think... Uh, how do I, I'm just going to say, I don't think Sweeney has the balls to move to Brusque. I mean, this was the first year that they had to scratch him. He's got scratched one game. He came back, bounced back, played. Then the next game he was hurt. Well, he was out and then he came back in. And in that game after that, I mean, like, I want to see him play back to back games and not end up on the score sheet, but be noticeable by doing something else. That's, that's all I want. Just. Yeah, I feel like he's a gets traded at the draft type of deal for Sweeney, not at the deadline for some reason. Yeah, I just I don't know what that kid. There's just something about him. <laughs> um, but going down, moving over to center, down the middle, uh, I have Eric Stahl going to Carolina. A lot of sentimental moves on this list. Uh, Carolina doesn't really need him, but. Might, might as well. Like I said, PR gets the fan base, especially in a market like Carolina, uh, kind of more involved as they make another run in the playoffs. And, you know, you can never have too many guys that can play all three or four positions and knows how to get shit done. Um, I have Dylan Strom going to Vegas. Interesting. I ha- okay. I have. So here's the thing. I have Ryan Strom being the one guy in the Rangers besides D'Angelo that could be dealt at the deadline, but it's only if it's going to be part of a bigger deal. Like, he's not going to get dealt for a prospect or a pick. He's going to get dealt for, like, part of a larger package to get a big guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's 50-50, but I'm going to list him here just because he's a right-hand shot, uh, top six center, power play guy 27 he signed pretty cheap when you can all things considered so i think he does have value um adam henrique i have anaheim eating some salary and sending him to miami to the panthers oh okay they need somebody behind barkoff because this is the last little bit of alexander barkoff in florida he's going to get dealt in the offseason and the big one our boy Jack Eichel, Los Angeles. Official, okay. So so not Columbus. What, what I predicted was not right. <laughs> not Columbus. I, I do. I, that, would, that would be, like, I, I like the, the fit. I like the idea. I just don't know if Eichel's like, yeah, send me to Columbus. I'm ready to do that. I mean, like, listen. It just comes you... off like another, like, just... If you hate Buffalo that much. Buffalo. Yes, but I mean, you send him there. He has torts. He has a Boston guy that he can fucking 
mellow with. I don't think Torts is going to hate on Jack's game as he would like Line A's or someone like that. I honestly think that Torts would tell Jack what he wants. Him and Jack would go at it. They're both fiery. They would show up at the rink the next day like nothing fucking happened, and they would go there and he would grind it out and battle for him. He, he would be a soldier for Torts. I mean, he would be huge for Columbus because he's signed long-term. It's the cost certainty. It's not like line A or anything like that. He would have probably uh, Bjork stand, uh, stand on his wing or lining on his wing. I like the fact that Buffalo would get back one of the goaltenders, um, some picks. young guys, picks, yeah. all that shit, save some cash. I just don't know. See, that... <sighs> I'm talk, kind of talking myself into it because Columbus has the brass balls GM now. We'll just go oh, for dude, it. Oh, dude, Yarmo will fucking do it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he'll sell a farm for a guy like Eichel. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if they can compete with the prospect package that L.A. can put together. Oh, no. The, I mean, L.A.'s prospects are second to none. Like, that's probably the best prospect pool in the NHL right now. If you're the Rangers and, Buff- and Buffalo's like, we'll give you Eichel for... You know, a couple. Of, the Rangers are loaded on the back end in terms of prospects, so they can choose two of them or and a first round pick. But we want Kaka or Lafreniere. Do you do it? I think, unfortunately, you guys have to shed salary along with it. So I think you'd have to send Mika. Like Shown would be part of it. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, if I'm you guys, I'm sending Kako and not Lafreniere. That's me. But yeah. Can you imagine if both of them bust? <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, the, the year and a half that Kako's had, the half a season that Lafreniere's had, I'm sitting like, can you imagine if the Rangers, after all this time, luck out and win two lotteries basically in a row, and they both turn out to be nothing? <laughs> like, just our fucking luck. Just when everyone thought the rebuild was over that quick. Yeah, um, I mean, we had better luck with the Sheriff Hanoff pick. <laughs> yeah. well, one, uh, one question I have for you, too, is do you think Chicago does anything with all that empty cap space? Uh, they have so many people on long-term IR. They have a huge hole. They can go after somebody if they want to. That's why I kind of had them working out some type of package with Vegas. That's why Dylan Strom going there because the Blackhawks do have a couple guys down the middle. And Vegas having a good year, but they can always use some help at center because of the depth that they had to start the year. So I don't know if Strom would bring back something kind of like team altering from Vegas. But I think if, okay, would you trade Roy as part of that deal to get Strom? Mm, mm, I'd have to see the whole deal. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I just feel like it's something where. If you're Chicago, like they should be in the Eichel mix too. You know what I mean? Like you have the cap space, might as well fucking do it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at it now, Seabrook's not coming back, so that's six eight off your cap for the next however many years. Who knows what's happening with Taves? We haven't heard anything about him, and I mean, that's ten five for the next two seasons after this one. And dude, all this experience that uh, Kirby's not getting. Kirby's not getting, but I mean, Kirby comes back, and now you have fucking Kirby, Eichel, Kaner, Debrinket, yeah, Kubalik. Like, I mean, it's starting to look pretty good. It's a good thing they brought back Andrew Shaw, though. You know, you'd always in that. Aussie man, like that. That guy battles for them, and I mean, I honestly don't even think like with how bad his concussions are. They say, like, yeah, he, he can't even see in front of him. Everything's blurred. He can't even tell you the numbers of how many fingers you got up. Yeah, so he's toast. Well, thank God but, they got Carl Soderberg. <laughs> um, do you have anybody else from the center position that you think is going to be making a difference at the Roman move? Mm, I mean, I I do think. Michael Granlund will will go somewhere. Don't know where he'll end up, but I do think I think Nashville is going to actually end up being sellers, which is strange yeah. for for them. Do you think they try and trade Duchesne? Yes, I do. I uh, I don't know as to anyone who's going to currently take that deal. I do think they do try selling Duchesne. I think that was a really tough signing for them. 
granted it's like they still have a lot of cap space left even with that yeah. signing but i mean fucking man like do shane for jeff skinner one for one <laughs> you know what though for the cap hit that it would be i mean what do you got to lose i still think parisi i know i had Ardvidsson going to the islanders but i still think lou has a soft spot for him you think you'd bring him back yeah Anyway, so our lists are subject to, subject to change. If we happen to hit on any of them, we're going to throw a victory party. Oh, if uh, we hit on any of them, we, we said it here first three weeks ahead of time. So, <laughs> so I thought it would be interesting to just run through a handful of the teams that are kind of on a playoff bubble outside looking at it right now, close enough to potentially make a move. And if we think, one, it should because if they make the playoffs – they have a realistic chance of maybe not going to the cup, but making a run or two standing pat because they're not really contenders or three. It doesn't matter how close they are. They should sell. Um, I have a couple of teams here. I'll start off with, we were just talking about in the Blackhawks. What do you think they should be doing? Cause that division is terrible. They're right now. They're in the playoffs. They're, they're, yeah, in they're that competing with Columbus. Yeah. Um, I'd say they're there with Columbus and then Nashville's just behind them. If I'm Chicago at this point, I mean, I think you just have to make it to the dance. Like yeah. I, I'd buy with all the space that they have, they'd be fools not to buy because I, I do think that selling is going to be, I don't want to say difficult this year, but it's going to be one of those things where everyone's going to be waiting for the first GM to make that move on deadline day. Everyone's going to want to see what people are going for. And I think with the space that Chicago has that they don't have to wait. They can set their own market. They, they have that much cap space available. So for someone like them who has that opportunity, I'd green light it. Go get whoever you want. Now, don't you think of Chicago? I agree with that. But they, they can't do anything for like a pending UFA. Like it needs to be a guy that signed at least two years for term to make sense in my mind. To make sense of it, yeah. Because um, you don't want to make a move for a guy. You give up assets that you just built up part of this rebuild, and then he leaves in the summer. Uh, agreed. I mean, I just think that if you're trying to fill space, and depending on what prices are, yeah. you have the ability to do it. In one person, I mean, that, that they could throw could be Ricard Raquel. I don't know what Anaheim Ooh, would want yeah. back, but if they add that to that lineup, they're looking pretty good. And every, so some people might be surprised that we would mention Raquel as being on a move because they look at him, they look at the back of his card. He's 27, Anaheim's in a rebuild, sure, but he's still young. He's not going to be in his prime when a rebuild's over. That's They're kind of just selling high right now. So if you're in a rebuild and you got have a guy that's over the age of 26 who has term, that's a guy that's going to be valuable in the market. So that's why Raquel would make sense for a team like Chicago. I want to move to the Canadian division. All right. Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary. Montreal is kind of making a little bit of a run. They have some games in hand. Vancouver and Calgary are just stuck in the mud. Are you buying, selling, or standing pat for those three? All right. For Calgary, I think they have one more week to see what happens. And yeah. I say that because ever since Daryl has taken over, they've played pretty good. I know they're on a two-game losing streak right now, but for the first three, four games, whatever he took over, they look like a different team. So I think that's now possibly there. Daryl likes to play a tough game, so we can see if they're going to really lock it down and just start grinding teams out. Montreal is one of those interesting teams. Currently in the playoffs in the four spot, 37 points. They're 31 games played where Vancouver has 36. So they have that in hand. I just think Montreal just needs to get like a CH deeper. Like they just mm. need, they have the grind it guy and Josh Anderson, but it's like they might need another big body there just to kind of, if you're going to get to the playoffs, you're going to have to play a little bit of a dirty game. So I think. Palmieri. I think Paul Mary would work there. Um, Vancouver, that's an interesting team because they're still really young. 
So it's like, what do they want to give? What do they not want to give? I think I think Pearson's gone there. That kid's been rumored for the past four years leaving there. So I think finally he'll get his way out. Mm, looking at the lineup, I mean, they just brought up your boy Jimmy VC. They got him. <laughs> I just don't know who they'd ship out. They got some younger guys on just entry-level deals or short money. I mean, I, I can't believe they gave Antoine Roussel a limited no-movement clause. That's a little crazy <laughs> to me. But looking on their back end, Edler, Myers, Schmidt. Edler's in that classic boat for me. I, I can't fucking believe it either. Fucking Jordy Ben has a no-movement clause. They probably thought it was Jamie. Uh, I'm fucking clearly, <laughs> like... I just, obviously they're not going to deal any of their D. Every one of them has a no movement clause except Quinn Hughes, and they're not moving him. So their D is there. I just, I don't know who they would move. They're not moving Besser. They're not moving Horvat Miller. Brandon Sutter, another one that has a no movement. They're not going to move Vertanen. Yeah, I feel like they're very much a, we just stand pat, see where the everything falls this year, and then just... Yeah, I think they'll be over the summer and make a run for it. Like an off-season moves. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll do anything. I am a little disappointed in Holpe's play, to be honest. Yeah, I thought he was going to go there and, and be great, him and Demko. Um, they've both been struggling. Negative 16 goal differential. They've been playing good, though, 7-2-1 in their last 10. So. so we got the rest of the league out of the way. Now it's our favorite part. We kind of touched on it a little bit. With the DeBrusque talk and the Strong talk, but Boston, has anything changed in terms of what you guys might be looking to add at the deadline from a couple of weeks ago when we first talked about it? Um, and if not, do you think there's anybody else on the roster besides DeBrusque that could bring back something valuable? Well, I'll give you my quick uh, Bruins weekend review. We got COVID. We haven't played. So <laughs> with that, no one got hurt, which is good. So um, we'll leave that there. I just, I think Anders Bjork, if he goes to the market, would definitely bring you something. I just think that he's too unreliable in a sense. Uh, Carson Kuhlman, I think he's another one of those guys that could bring you something because the problem with those two is, they're definitely noticeable when they're out there. But then when they're not, they're just completely gone. Chris Wagner this year has been dog shit for us. Like, usually a guy who's really hard to play against hasn't done anything for us. Um, I'm interested to see as to what happens with Nick Ritchie. Because yeah. he goes to RFA, which is good. I'm just wondering with the whole Seattle thing. Who is going to be protected? And are the Bruins going to take a spot on him, or is Seattle going to take him? I, that's one of those things. So now, when we look at our injured reserved list, we're still in one of those awkward things. Tuca's out still. Brandon Carlo's still out. John Moore, we have no update on Kasha, so no idea if he'll even play again this year. Kevin Miller, same things. Knee is still messed up. Jeremy Lozon should be getting closer to coming back. It's been about a month now since that outdoor game, and they said that was the timeline, about a month, so we'll see what the update is with him. And then Zach Zach Seneshin. And, yeah, I'm just interested. Our back end still looks good. Um, If we don't know when people are coming back, we might have to get one more veteran defenseman. But outside of that, I mean, we still have... Euro on the taxi squad. We still have Jack Akon on the taxi squad. So I think it just depends as to when Carlo comes back and when John Moore comes back to just kind of reassure us that we're okay back there. John Moore, a.k.a. Bobby Orr. The, the fucking the guy who can sit on his ass for 82 games, and when he gets the call, he's, he's ready a cockroach, to play. Man. He's just he's there. He plays hard. Um. For the Rangers, like I said, they're pretty much going to be standing pat unless they make a big-time move for, like, an Eichel or something, which I don't think they will because, especially with Zibanejad, who's really snapped out of it in the last 10 to 14 days. Like, everybody forgets he had COVID in training camp, and then when he had such a slow start to the year, he also got hurt upper and lower body injury at the same time that he was playing through. 
He finally looks healthy, has jump uh, in his step. He's been on fire lately. So I think that lessens the need for like a, hey, do we make a move for Eichel? Um, so it really comes down to if anybody will just take D'Angelo off our hands, which not likely. Um, and if Strom is included either as part of a package for a guy like Eichel or some team comes calling and they're like, yo, we'll give you a first-round pick and a good prospect for Strom, the Rangers have a decision to make because, one, we need to improve our center position in the offseason, and Strom's going to be too expensive to be your 3C. And also, we need to find out if Filipino is a second-line center or not. Like, this is his fourth year in our league. He's only 21, uh, 22 years old, but it's his fourth year. He's stuck on the third line. He's playing with Lafreniere and Kaka, the diaper line. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he play, He has flashes here and there, but also you're playing him with two young guys who are also finding a game, so you don't know if it's he can't find his game because he's playing with them or it's just he doesn't have it. So I think at some point, even if Strom's still on a roster, you're going to have to bump Heedle up to the Panera line and see what the kid has because you got to start making decisions here. Our phase and arbitrations and stuff are going to start coming up. So um, besides that, I think this this summer is when the Rangers are going to start making some moves. I just have a feeling because of how rumor going by rumors, how heavily involved they were in the Eichel talks for a while that they're not going to, you know, nibble on the edges here of improving at the two C. I think, Barkov will be a ranger this offseason. And him and Sabanajad are both UFA at the end of the next year. So they might be able to use that and play off of each other and go, listen, if you don't want to sign this deal, we'll give it to the other guy. And then you get them both signed. And then you'll, lo- you'll lose both of them. Nice. I like it. Hey, listen, if they le- if they both leave, like, first of all, we won't lose both. We'll bowl over one of them if we need to. But, um, yeah, I think the Rangers are going to stand pretty pat at the deadline for the most part. And, you know, ever since DQ got the vid, you know, the Rangers, 4-1 in the last five, they're back in the wild card chase a little bit, playing much better. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, nothing too crazy there. A little quick weekend review, like I just said there, Rangers have been playing much better, better lately. Uh, Panarin's picked up right where he left off. He has 10 points in seven games since he came back. Strom has... I think 16 points in his last 12 games. Buchnevich and Zibanejad have turned it around. Uh, Kreider has nine goals in five games. And then Adam Fox is Adam Fox. Uh, he's the youngest, He's the fourth youngest Rangers defenseman uh, to get to 60 points uh, in his career in Rangers history behind Leach, Zuboff, and Ramo, I forget his last name, Rostelainen or something like that. Um, so he's been a godsend. And then Shersterkin, who's been out with that groin injury for the last like two weeks or so, is probably going to play either Thursday or Saturday. So he's getting healthy too. And by the way, Keith Kincaid has been great. So if you're Seattle and you're watching these games, don't pick any of our young guys. Pick Keith Kincaid in the expansion draft. Uh, I think Seattle's going to challenge a lot of teams different ways this year like i know people got bent over when uh vegas came into the league yeah i I still feel some people are going to be in a bad spot and it's going to be they're not going to try to talk their way out of it they're just going to tell them you have to pick one of our guys and we're not sending you like the bullet yep especially with the flat cap Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's kind of to tell two different teams. You guys are trying to keep that window open and make a run of it as a team that's supposed to be a contender. And we're like, hey, we're just happy to be along for the ride. <laughs> it looks good from here. <laughs> um, but yeah, if Sabanija is back for good, it kind of changes the dynamic for us, even if it's just a good experience for the young guys like Keto, Kaka, Lafreniere, um, Fox, Miller, just to be involved in a quasi-playoff race to the end of the season. And um, your thoughts on the way that the team has played with uh, Quinn under that COVID protocol? Yeah, I mean, a whole coaching staff, except for Benoit Lair is out, the goalie coach. And 
Listen, I made it. It was a joke because Quinn talks to Chris Knobloch, who is the acting head coach right now from Hartford. He sets the lineup. He sets the strategy. He tells Knobloch, like, look out for this. Maybe move this guy. So Quinn's running it. So I think it's just the change comes during the game, like the feel of the game. Like Quinn can't be involved. He can't call to the bench. That's Knobloch. Once the game starts, it's all Knobloch. And I even joked to you, um, I think it was last week, I was like, wow, a Rangers team that made a second period adjustment. You're kidding me. So, like, in game, they have looked better in terms of making adjustments and kind of keeping things going. Like, Quinn would swap lines and change this guy with this guy. Now, walks kind of a steady hand behind a bench. And, you know, he runs the same system in Hartford as Quinn runs in New York. So, it's an easy transition. And it's also an easy transition because some of these young guys have already played for him in Hartford, so they're familiar with him. So I think that's also helped as well. It's not like Chris Drury came down from the front office and started coaching, and everybody's like, what the fuck's this guy doing? I don't believe that. Drury had his hands in it, pal. (laughs) By the way, last night, coaching debut for Dan Girardi on the Buffalo Sabres bench after uh, Kruger was fired. So former Ranger, a lot of bruises for us. So it's nice to see him... uh, Kind of back behind a bench. Well, I'd say he played the game hard, too. Like, he was a good dude. He never won the extra effort award for the Rangers, which is voted on by the fans. And I know he played basically his entire career with Hank and Zuccarello and guys like that. But this dude literally would block like 15 shots a game. He would be bloodied and bruised, and he would never miss a game. Nope. So that's a shame. But, yeah, nice to see him out there. Um, getting things going. It is making me feel even older seeing, you know, Girardi as a coach now. Um, Ryan Callahan is a studio analyst. I'm like, holy shit, these are the guys that turned the franchise around for me like over a decade ago. And now I'm watching them like in retirement. Finally starting to change. Yep. Meanwhile, Bergie's still going. <laughs> it's still going, my man. So, uh, in terms of game of the week, lock of the week, who you got? All right. So. For my game of the week, I have that on Saturday. It is Tampa Bay at Carolina. I just think that mm-hmm. those two teams are the creme de la creme in that division. Uh, I have another game of the week. Tomorrow, 5 o'clock, Calgary and Ottawa. I think there's going to be some carryover from uh, last yeah. night. So I think that'll be Which a very stupid, good game tomorrow. Yeah. And then for my lock of the week, I have Thursday night. The New Jersey Devils at the Washington Capitals. I'm going to go with the Caps. My, I have. I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to pull you. I have two games of the week, well, and they're time. both Thursday. They're both Thursday, March 25th. I have the Rangers on the road against the Philadelphia Flyers rivalry game, and also the Rangers and Flyers are basically right on the bubble of the final playoff spot behind you guys. So this is a big kind of four point swing uh, in terms of if one of these teams are going to make a go of it. And also that night, Toronto against Ottawa. I think that's going to be a really good game. I, my lock of the week is going to be on Friday, March 26th as well. I'm going to go the San Jose Sharks over the Arizona Coyotes. You're picking the Sharkies? I'm picking the Sharkies. I can't wait to go to MSG two years in a row. It's going to be great. <laughs> Dude, I don't care anymore. I just like going for the le- – it feels – it's exhilarating to pick like a long shot and have them come in, man. <laughs> if if you was wrong, I don't want to feel right. Dude, I need to feel alive. It's been a year of COVID. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're living on the wild side. I mean, I, I was going to take Ottawa over the uh, Leafs on, it was either Thursday or Friday. Yeah, uh, Thursday, I think, right? Yeah. No, Friday. No, yeah, Thursday. So th- that was one of my ones that I was looking at because you always want to bet against them against that team, but uh-uh, my boys. <laughs> my original lock of the week was Montreal over Edmonton, but then Montreal's had like the next their next three games postponed because of COVID protocols. Yeah, so I I don't know if you can bet them or not. Yeah, they've already lost so many games to COVID. Like they're gonna have like eight games in hand on the teams they're fighting a playoff spot for. Montreal. You- Anybody for uh, shout outs this week? Um, who do I got for shout outs this week? Uh, I'm gonna defer to you. 
<laughs> I, I, I asked you first because I was also like, really. <laughs> it's been a slow week. I said that last week as well, but uh, you know, everyone, like I said, everybody's starting to come out of their slumber. So I'm looking forward to starting to see some people uh, here in New York that have kind of been on lockdown through the winter because of COVID and it just being a winter and everything else. And also, it's basically April. We're just a month, little over two months away from Memorial Day weekend, kickoff of summer. I think it's about that time that you know there's another Boston recording. Uh, I'm excited for that. Oh, actually, that's what I say. I got my first uh, COVID shot last week, so shout out to COVID huh. shot, um, vaccine shot, whatever you want to call it. Oh, actually, you know what? I've been waiting for this one. I have a shout down. Uh oh. Yep. So uh, what did Shady do? Not no, 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 not my baby boy. He would never oh, do that okay. to me. Nick Lorenza. Yep. Uh-oh. I, I said it. The, the five hole extraordinaire. So I found out a couple weeks ago, I went out with the Strat Daddy, that there is a uh, JHF reunion. Uh, I guess Uh-oh. they're doing a, uh, they're playing in a tournament or something. But magically, a founding fa- as a founding father, my phone never rang. And, um, Oh, he plays the card of, oh, well, you know, you haven't played with us the last couple of years and this, that, the other thing. Like, hey, just because I can't commit to certain nights because I got two young kids and I have a wife who works some crazy hours. I mean, if there's a weekend tournament, I, I should be invited to that. And then, because I was invited. Yeah, I mean, you were invited. Fucking uh, <laughs> Lorenza even called, you know, other people to uh, ask for, hey, can I borrow your JHF jersey? So, like, doesn't even invite them to play. Just, just gonna snatch jerseys. Uh, I think it's despicable. I think it's heinous. Uh, I think it's cowardly. Um, I, I'd also like to announce that I'm putting a team in that tournament. <laughs> oh, yep, strictly just to light his ass up. Where I'm, is this happening? I'm oh I I already have it I I already sent out the texts it, it's coming soon I'll put the GoPro on I'll have some good good footage I am gonna park my fat ass that you know because obviously it's fat and out of shape because I don't get invited to play anymore so I'm gonna park in front of that net and I am going to Sean Avery him where he cannot see the puck at all and then if for some reason the puck does hit him. I am going to whack him so hard on top of his fingers as I'm going for a rebound. You know, the puck was loose. Hey, the puck was loose. No whistle. There was no whistle. Just to remind him how big of a rat I am playing. And you know, if you need somebody else to help you be an agitator, you know who to call. I got a couple good shifts left in me where I can give a few snow showers and, you know, uh, gloves to the face. Well, 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 the best part about it is I, I know some of the people that'll be out there. The Strat Daddy, I'll be playing against the Strat Daddy, so I'll be I'll be giving him a couple of cross checks in the back to move that moose <laughs> of a man just so I can get to Lorenza. Uh, I will be there after every whistle. I will come in late and I will snow him in the face. He is going to be so rattled that my ass is going to be in that kitchen all game. I don't even care if the puck's in my zone. I'll be down on his. They can call me for an intentional delayed offsize. I'm going to ruin his weekend. Ruin it. And, and I don't know if I should be happy, glad, excited, mad. I am just, I, I just I, I'm taking it like, personal. You know, that that's all. Okay, MJ taking it. And to me, that was personal. Yeah. <laughs> like the old Bruins commercials. Don't poke the bear. Yeah, you know, I mean. Shit, I mean, just an invitation would have been nice. I'm just saying, I didn't know that I've been completely exiled from the complete hockey community. I'm just, uh, I'm shocked. Listen, I would love to be involved and just be standing on the ice as, you know, you're doing your thing and me and Stratford just standing next to each other and be like, so how you been up to, man? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, Hey, uh, you can keep your your JHF team, your hand-selected one, and, you know, only invite whoever you deem is good enough to play. But, uh, I mean, hey, next time you want to put together a dream team, you might want to look in net with a different goalie. So that's all I'm saying. Back to you, Benny. Yeah, we're going to get Smythe to be our goaltender. That's it. Sorry I'm not a superstar roller <laughs> hockey goalie in your roly hockey league. Uh, who was, I, keep for, I always forget, and I have to ask you, who subbed in for goals sometimes for us? Oh, Jimbo. 
the, the old Bell. rocket. He, I talked to him the other day. He says he wants to play in the tournament. I told you, you're in, oldie. He said, uh, he, he I, said I'm going to be all over fucking Lorenzo like flies on shit. He doesn't <laughs> even fucking know what's going to happen to him. I love playing against him because I remember just like crowding a crease or coming in and he makes a save and covers up and he's like bent, leaning over and just like brush my hip against his helmet as I escape by. Well, I was going to say. Like, swats, swats the back of my skates. I'm like, go, oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. He'd swat. Yeah, he'd fucking light a dart up back there. He didn't care. Yep. He was always doing something. <laughs> but, all right, that sounds good. Listen, if I, I would love to be in attendance, but if you can live stream it, that'd be even better. I, I'll live stream it from the 2, 5, and 10 page with the GoPro. It'll be perfect. All right. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And I apologize if nick's act offended any one of the views as well because i mean i am personally hurt um anywho hopefully within the next week we will see some of the canadian teams start dipping their toe into this trade market with the quarantine that is inevitable and we will take it from there anytime that the news breaks we will have it for you and as always thank you for listening we will catch you guys next week hit him with it benny bye bye Every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I can understand. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign that I should take it slow. Dimension, my mind, body, soul, and prison. My eye, probably going ballistic, but listen, I'm missing a couple of screws. They ain't never do drilling, Drew. You've been sipping away at the truth. A double side of wisdom, a do, 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 rolling, do, hitting switches, rolling dishes, blowing kisses to the bitches, holding biscuits. What's the business? Beat the system, go to business, blow the systems, go to prison, go to church, and pray the Father, Lord, forgive me. And only God can judge me, and He don't like no ugly. I look so fucking good, most likes are fucking buddy. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Uh-huh. I know I plead the fifth. I tell her, holler if you need some dick.